Tonight I'd like to talk about standing on unshakable ground. Standing on unshakable ground. And you'll have the foundation verse for tonight is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 to 28. Okay? Let me just read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 to 28. Uh, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who speak, uh, who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Okay. I know that just before the elections, there and even after the elections, we would hear this particular slogan: "Change is coming, change is coming." Right? And we were really very excited concerning what he said: "Change is coming." We're tired of the corruption. We're tired of the drug problems. We're tired, of, we're tired of politicians who make promises, but they don't really uh, follow up on their promises And so we finally get somebody who says he will do this. And he really is a manufacturer. Our current president is a manufacturer. Okay? And so we are seeing many, many changes. But there are some changes I don't think Many of us are happy to see the cheapening of human life, uh, the ability to wipe out the drug problem, and in doing so, you partner with the spirit of death. That's not good. Okay? Uh, and, and secondly, we suddenly find ourselves in a twilight zone kind of existence where we're not sure who our friends are and who our enemies are. Okay? We used to be allies, solid allies with the US. But recently, because of uh, pronouncements that have taken place, uh, the, the, the US ambassador who left, I mean, he's the first, I don't know whether he's the first, but he left the Philippines and normally we award the Sikatuna uh, honor uh, to the U.S. ambassador. He left without that. And he left with a bad taste in his mouth. Okay? He's been insulted, he's been called gay by the president. And uh, suddenly we find ourselves not really sure if we're going to be remain friends with the U.S. I have family in the U.S. Understand what I'm saying? I'm supposed to have a meeting with the Patriots Council sometime next year in the U.S. Uh, my family and my sisters are planning to, to take a trip for a reunion with our family in the U.S. sometime next year also. And because of the recent pronouncements, you don't know what's going to happen 
in the next few months. Okay? And then I read that there are certain BPO uh, companies, business providers, who said they will not be renewing their contracts with us, but in 2018 they will be taking away the business from us. Uh, about 49 of them. Uh, these are call centers, both from the US and from Australia. And why are they doing this? Because they're saying, we follow what the president said. If you don't like what I'm saying, get the hell out of the Philippines. Okay? Now, if they believe that's already something that I am not happy about. Number one, I don't want to break covenants. I believe that there has been a covenant that has been forged between our nation and the nation of the United States. Especially in the recent war when blood was shed by both sides and they mingled together. We're, I, I don't like the idea of being covenant breakers. And if a covenant is going to be broken, it should not be done so easily. But not that only, but suddenly we found some uh, announcements coming that, you know, our president says it's going to be Russia, China, and the Philippines against the world. That's what he said. I am working with the words he said. Now, I understand that after he says something, he has people who will, what the president really needs. <laughs> Some people call them Duterte Interpretation and Explanation Department, D-I-E-D, -E okay? <laughs> they try to explain what the president is saying. And Senator Laxon finally is getting tired. Said, I'm really get, I'm getting tired of misunderstanding what the president is saying. <clears throat> okay? Now, I'm not attacking the president. I'm just telling you what's going on. And am I happy to be allied with Russia and China? No. See, China used to be the communist country. That was behind the bamboo curtain before they opened up. Russia used to be the communist country behind the iron curtain before they opened up. And if you find a record concerning uh, human rights killings, it's not very nice. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, way back in the 1980s, I was following the ministry of what we call Brother uh, Andrew. They call it now Open Doors Ministry. But during that time, you know, he, he was a person who had a club foot. Uh, but God gave him a command and said, I want you to go to this close nation and smuggle Bibles, bring Bibles inside this nation. And something like that would get him to prison. He said, uh, what a good, the moment he said, I'll wait God heal this book, it straightened out immediately. And he started what we call the Open Doors Ministry, where he would bring Bibles inside communist territories. China, Russia. And he, he would have to rely on God, because normally, when you bring Bibles in, you confiscate them. And God had to blind many eyes so that the Bibles can go through. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I know of uh, certain persecutions, certain Christians within Russia. I know the sufferings of many Christians within China, 
while they were closed. Today, China's open, there's still suffering going on inside. Okay? But now, China has one of the largest growing churches there is. Because despite the persecution and the tortures and the imprisonments, the Christians are not backing down. I said, Lord, I hope this is not part of the ways you will wake up the church in the Philippines. Okay? See, one of the things you need to understand is in the Panginoon, by their fruits, what? You will know them. Our president has not said so publicly. See, they're not going to be there. See, they're not going to be there. See, so. He's the Communist Party chairman, and he wants to bring them home. And he wants to align Russia and China. We try not to think about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not thinking he wants to change your constitution from what we have now to federalism. Is this just a way? To open up the door and change of governance, that will be, you know, conducive to socialist thinking. I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not putting. I'm just telling you the things that he's saying and the things that are going on right now in our nation. Believe me, if there ever was a time our nation needed prayer, that time is now. Because we and you know, we just don't want to pray about it, we just want to go to business as usual. We might find ourselves in very unfriendly circumstances. Right now, the misunderstanding between our president with the church is basically a focus on the Roman Catholic Church. And we can say, well, be careful, because that can easily uh, find its way towards the body of Christ in general. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? Well, something that change is coming. Okay. You like some of the changes that are going on? Not really. I don't like it. But something that you must be careful what you pray for. There was a time that we need to be careful. That's it. Okay? Now, I said all of that just to give you an idea of what's going on here. Uh, are we going to have the same type of rights that we used to have? I don't know. Okay? Because I know that in a communist atmosphere, you really do not have rights. I know that communist Russia before, when they were behind the Iron Curtain, communist China before, when they were behind the Iron Curtain, the Constitution, their paper says that you have freedom of religion, but it is not being practiced during that. They can give you a piece of paper, but it's just paper. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? And I'm not trying to dampen our group this evening. What I'm trying to say is this. We don't know exactly what changes are going to happen. If the church today would stand on its authority and engage herself in prayer and intercession, the changes are going to be good. Might be painful at first. But they will have a favorable outcome. Okay? But if the church will just say, well, anyway, it's not going to happen, you know, we'll just continue as usual. We 
lose the battle for the Philippines by default. We can either learn the lessons the easy way or the smart way instead of the hard way. And we, we, I'd rather we learn the lessons the smart way. The smart way is to make that. Hello? Now, in this particular scripture that I've read today, Sabinamito, we must be careful to pay attention to the words being spoken to us. Because God said He will allow a shaking. There will be a shaking that will take place. The reason for the shaking, the reason for the change, is so that those things that remain unshaken will be there. They're the only ones that. One, one of the things we, we, we that I've always talked about in a time of testing and trial. Like I said, I don't like testing, I don't like trials, I don't like problems. But one of the things that you find out in the time of testing is you begin to find out what your real foundations are. It's easy to say, I believe God. It's easy to say, I believe in the promises of God. Fine. While things are okay, it's easy to say that. But when testing and trials hit, that's where you really begin to find out where you really believe what you say you believe. Your foundations are exposed. Okay? And uh, you can be grateful that you can find out what it is and, and try to work on that. But then he says here, uh, in this particular situation, he said that since we have we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. See, things might change in the climate of the Philippines. When I talk about climate, I'm not just talking about the weather. Our kind of government, our alliances, our way of living. Maybe you go to school, we're not going to study English anymore. <laughs> Mandarin. I don't know. I really, really don't know. Okay? Uh, will they be able to provide the kind of uh, business opportunities that the United States, if they pull out the 49 call centers, will always follow? Will Russia be able to provide that kind of economic lesson? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay? But if something happens, and I'm not saying they will happen, let us focus on the things that cannot be changed. Amen? See, you know, you it's kind of hard to stand because the, the ground is shaking. And when things begin to change, and you know, things are changing rapidly, alright, the ground that we're on is shifting, it's easy to lose balance, it's easy to lose confidence, it's easy to lose uh, the peace that God has given us, and, and, and become afraid. One of the things that Jesus Christ says that in the last days, men's hearts will fail them because of fear. And I'm trying to tell you, you do not have to fear. Even when things are changing and they're not changing according to your liking. I don't, I don't like many of these seeming changes that are going on. Okay? But, am I going to be in despair? No. Am I going to be afraid? No. And I'm going to, am I going to be worried? It's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to my children, to their futures. Okay? 
I'm not going to be worried. So tonight we're going to like focus on faith. Bible says we're receiving a kingdom that's not changing. So let's focus on these things that do not change. Even if things change, the situation changes, there are things that do not change, and I'd like to focus on eight of them this evening. I'm sure there's more, but let's just focus on eight. Alright? One of the things that we should focus on that does not change is God Himself. If our nation changes, if the climate changes, if the business opportunities they change, if the ability to get uh, visas change, if the ability to uh, operate in dollars or rules or what they change, God is not changed. He still is the same God. Anyone in the United States can trust God just the same way as someone in, in, in the Middle East, the refugees, the Christians who are not being allowed in by Obama and his administration. They're allowing uh, Muslims to come into the United States, but they're not allowing some of the Christians, refugees, from the Middle East inside. And we've been praying that God would help us somehow. So, because America does not want to help them, Hungary uh, opens up and says, the Christians, praise God. Hungary is going to be blessed by God because of that. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, whether you're living in unfriendly conditions, whether it's China, whether it's Russia, whether it's the Middle East, whether it's in the Middle War or not, or whether you are living in, in uh, a prosperous nation like the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, God does not change. He is as trustworthy whether you're there or here. Do you want to go back? Let me just read you some scriptures in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Okay? I am the Lord, I do not change. That means if he was faithful then, he's still faithful today. If he saved the nation of Israel then, he is able to save our nation today. At that time, when, when, when the nation of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt, there was only one man who was praying in Yemen. Despite the fact he's only one, God was able to effect a deliverance for him. If we the church will be God what God will do a great deliverance in our, in our lives. You want to go back? In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, it says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation while fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. Take note, it says, with God all things are possible, right? With God nothing is impossible. We found one thing that is impossible for God. It is impossible for God to lie. You understand what I'm saying? He is truth. When Jesus Christ came, he says, I reflect the Father. Philip, you want to see the Father? Well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus Christ is the one who says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the Lord. Cannot lie. Possible for God to lie. And it talks about by two immutable things. Immutable means they do not change. What are these two immutable things? God gave his word and promise, okay? 
And then, to strengthen that, for our sake, he swore an oath. That God will again. In other words, it's like God saying, I am your God, and I will save you. That's the promise, that's the word. And then he would say, that he said, on my own name, I swear by myself that I will fulfill this. That's the oath. God makes an oath. In, in other words, if God does not fulfill that, or God is not able to fulfill that, by the nature of the oath that he made, he should destroy himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? But that's what, what it means. By the word of promise and by the oath. These are two immutable things. Actually, he did not have to give us the oath. If he spoke it, I'm But just to help us believe that we might be accurate, he made an oath. I swear by myself. Why did he swear by himself? Because there was none higher. Okay? As kids, do you remember making this statement? Promise! You're swearing an oath. And why do you do that? You want to emphasize that what you said is true. If I say, I will stay with you, I swear to God Almighty that I will stay with you. What I'm saying is that if I break that, make God faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? Two immutable things, two things that never change. The Word of God and the the over God. God's not changing. He's not going to say something and later on retract it later. Okay? And of course, we have that scripture in Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So things might change, but God does not change. You can rely on God in a free society. You can still rely on God in a society that's not so free. And sometimes we think, but with God, it's nothing. If God is faithful then, He's still faithful today. If God is merciful then, He's still merciful today. If God is all powerful then, He's still all powerful today. If God loves us then, He still loves us today. Even when situations change, even when conditions change, even when the atmosphere changes, God does not change. Okay? Second thing that we can rely on that does not change, the Word of God. Okay? Well, I think it's not today. The Word of God does not change. Something on the Christo in Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. There is no circumstance, there is no force great enough that can make my word null and void. If I say it, they might work against it, they might uh, form a conspiracy to prevent it from coming to pass, but even if the whole world forms itself against my word, they will not cause my word not to come to pass. You want to go back? So if we trust God, we should be able to trust His Word because His Word will not pass away. Even if this form of government passes away, the Word of God will not pass away. <coughs> uh, in Psalms 89, verse 34, 
My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that is brought out of my lips. If I've spoken it, we go back to Okay? Have you ever received a promise from someone when they were very desperate and you would do it for them? And then later on you try to collect the promise and then they would say, What? Based on circumstances or their new status. God will not alter his purpose. God's word is forever settled in heaven. Okay? In Isaiah 14, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Stands forever. Whatever changes, the word of God will not change. During this time, we can play Philippians 4.19. If something changes, Philippians 4.19 still does not change, we can still play that. Okay? Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The fulfillment of the word of God does not depend on circumstances being favorable. The fulfillment of the word of God depends on God who promised. Depends on God who spoke the word of God. Okay? So, my word will not return to me void. Okay? Third, third thing that does not change what Christ has done for us. Okay? What Christ has done for us. Uh, let me just read uh, Isaiah 53, verse 45. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or punishment for our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. What Christ has done for us will not change. And I know that in the past, when we were still basically just charismatic, I gave a series on this, and I, I really don't have the time to pull out the scriptures. But basically, what, what did Christ do for us? Well, we know from the Holy Scriptures, Jesus Christ took our sin, right? He gave us what? Righteousness. Right? Jesus Christ suffered a death. The death that he died, he died for all. Why? So that we can receive his life. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Why? So that we might receive healing and health. He who knew no uh, scriptures, he who was so rich, became poor for our sins. Why? That in Christ Jesus we might become rich. He took our poverty, he took our life, so that he can give us the abundance of the kingdom. 
in Galatians 3, 13, 14, Christ became a curse for us. Like I am on the cross. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come to us. Yung supa na nasa atin, kinuha niya. He took everything on the cross. He took our death, he took our sins, he took our sicknesses, he took our poverty, he took our curses. He took our rejection so that we might be accepted before the Lord our God. He took all of those things so that we might be. He took everything that we have so he could give us everything he has. That's why the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. What Jesus Christ has access to, we have access to. Okay? Now that was like uh, seven weeks, seven hours, but you know, I'm just, uh, just saying that to you. So what Christ has done for us will never change. Another scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. We are partakers, qualified us now, but in the life. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood forgiveness of our sins. See, God redeemed us. We have redemption again. And the payment for that was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to the scriptures, he has delivered us from the authority of darkness. And he has placed us in the kingdom of his son, which is Jesus Christ. And you want to prove out? So when I refer to the son, I'm talking about our high priest who is sitting by the right hand of God. Amen? I'm not talking about the guy in that one. But you want to come back? Because he is the son. Nobody else. Amen? Number four. Things that do not change. Who we are in Christ Jesus. Who we are in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Christ, we have become a new creation. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin. Who is the guy who, who, who knew no sin? Jesus. For he made him who knew no sin to be what? Sin for us. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. There's that statement again. In him. See, when we come before the Lord our God, we might not feel worthy. But you have to understand, God made you righteous and worthy in Christ Jesus. You do not stand in the presence of the Father with your own righteousness. The Bible very clearly says, our own, our own righteousness are like filthy rags. But we stand before the presence of God with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is worthy, that worthiness can be inside. That's why we can stand before God and say, Father, I thank you that you accept me. Because we are righteous before him. Okay? 
Now, if we come against the devil, the devil will try to tell us, you can't stand before me. We can declare to him, Jesus Christ took my sin and I'm righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You cannot stand before me. Let me suggest. You understand what I'm saying? You need to understand that. See, in spiritual warfare, one of the devil's weapons is guilt. You will make you feel condemnation. Because when you get to them, that's it. You're open for this all. Now, if you confess that sin, if you've repented before God, understand, God has forgiven you. Blood of Christ has washed away all those things. You stand righteous before God. And if you know that, the devil's attack on making you guilty will not work. You guilty, that will not work. And when I go back, alright, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Take note, this is our position in Christ. Okay? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus Christ is seated on the throne. People seated on the throne have royal authority. You understand what I'm saying? When they speak, the angels of God carry those things out. And take note, he says, we've been raised up and we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. We share that same authority in Christ. We want to move up. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, some of the epistles, alright, especially the epistles written by Paul, pay attention to that simple uh, phrase, in Christ. In Him, with Christ, with Him, through Christ, through Him. And then it's a sentence. The moment you read that, what you're reading is what you have in Christ. See, in Christ, in Him, with Christ, with Him, through Christ, through Him. It tells you who you are in Christ. It tells you what you can do. Christ, it tells you what you have in Christ. Simply not. Because the moment you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He not only comes in you, but He places you in Him. So, ano meron siya? Meron ka rin? Hello? Okay. Number five. Our fellowship and access to the Father. When things change, this one does not change. Our fellowship and access to our Father, our fellowship with the Father, our access to our Father. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The word fellowship there can also mean partnership. Okay? That, and, and we know what Jesus Christ says. When you pray, go to your Father. Jesus Christ told us to go to our Father. We have access. I remember before growing up as a Roman Catholic, I didn't think I had access with the Father 
So I went through another sentence. Okay? We don't have to do that anymore. We can go directly to our father. Malimanakura. Hello. And when we talk about fellowship with the Father, we need to understand that the graces given us, they're always accessible by faith. The principles of faith will always work whether you are living in a Western nation or whether you are living in the middle of war in the Middle East or in a communist country. It will always work. The principles of faith will always work. The principles of prayer will always work. You always have access before the Father, regardless of the circumstances. Okay? Another title. Fix. The authority that we have in the name of Jesus. The authority that we have in the name of Jesus. In John 14, verse 12 to 14, this is what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That means if you tell a demon in the name of Jesus, get away from here. It's a body to You ask in my name, I'll do it. You understand what I'm saying? If you say, you spirit of lack and poverty, get away from my place in the name of Jesus. You'll do it. I decree abundance. Your word, Lord, says in Psalm 112, wealth and riches are found in, 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 in his house. I decree that in my house. You'll do it. Number one, you're saying what God is saying. Number two, you're standing on the authority that he, he gave you. And when you use your authority to declare and to decree what he has promised and given to you, in this and that he will be very happy to do that for you. Mariwana Kuba? Hello? You know, it's important. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, these are exciting things. I've been working on this. I've been standing on this. Okay? I know that when I came here in 87, things were okay. Then suddenly we went through a time of economic uh, upheavals. And the only thing I had was the Word of God and these principles. They've been working for me ever since. Okay? Number seven. <coughs> The Holy Spirit who lives within us. The Holy Spirit who lives within us. That never changes. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children. And you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. He who is in you is great, is greater. Greater is he is in me than that's what the Bible says. That never changes. No matter what happens in our nation, no matter what happens in our condition, no matter what happens in the economy, no matter what happens in our form of government, greater is he who is in you than him that is in the world. The power of God will always remain in you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, in what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. 
as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they should be my people. So it's not just a God for a distance. What it is. He used to be, but after Jesus Christ paid the price, now he lives in us through the power and person of the Holy Spirit. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, you bring the presence and the power of God. That's something you need to realize. And the power and the presence of Almighty God in you is always greater than the circumstances. I remember having preached on the testimony of Sean Mines. I don't know if you remember it. He's the missionary that, you know, uh, a robber came to him and he would go and tell him about it. And he says, In the name of Jesus, you're not me. He looked at the robber and he looked at the robber. He looked at the robber and he looked at the robber. He looked at the robber and he looked at the See, he believed that. Many Christians don't believe what is going to be true for you among the things that God has given you is what you believe. That's true for you. Jesus Christ said it this way, if you can believe, what? All things are possible to them that believes. It's not possible to them to doubt. Then possible only to them who believes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? Number eight. There's going to be more, but easy to that. Number eight, something that will never change. Our better covenant that is based on better promises. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. You know what a surety is? He is the guarantor. He is the guarantor that yung mga pangako dito sa covenant na pa sa Panginoon will come to pass in our lives. If the promises that God gives us in the covenant does not come to pass, then the guarantor has failed us. And He will not fail us because He is Jesus. Okay? In the Old Testament, they had a covenant with God. In that covenant, their sins were only covered for one year. Okay? That the blood of bulls and goats were sacrificed, okay, and sprinkled on the mercy seat. Okay? And then their sins are covered for one year. They have that expiration date. After one year, you've got to do it again. Okay? Uh, if you don't do it again, then your sins will not be covered anymore. And when your sins get out, then the consequences for that sin will take place. But in our covenant with God, our sins are defeated. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, I will wash away your sins and I will remember them no more. You might remember the sins you've confessed to God, but God doesn't. Indeed, I will be honest. Now, how God does it, I don't know. Because He's omniscient, all knowing. But if God says, I will forgive and forget your sins, 
I believe it. Sinabi niya eh. Ibang tao nagsabi niya, yung kuminiwala. But God's the one who said that. So when you confess your sins before God, God's, the blood of Jesus covers your blood, your sins and then washes it clean, deletes it. It does not exist. Your sin only exists in your memory. And it's in the records of the devil. He will try to break you of the devil if you want. You might think, you know, I'm going to be working on it. You can't be defensive. Yeah, you have God to say, yes, but I've confessed that to God. God has forgiven me those sins I've got to know. Get away from me. In the name of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Hebrews 8 6. Last verse, actually, there's many, but. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. The old covenant, only the Jews had a covenant, and the new covenant, all of us have to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the covenant, you see, the covenant of God, the covenant means to be, God becomes one with us. He becomes our God. God actually says, I am your God. I am giving you the right to possess me. I'm giving you the right to say, He is my God. But then in the covenant, we say also, You are my people. You are my possessions. We become one with God. Just like husband and wife become one. So we are married to God in the covenant. And you know what? Even if that's the case, God doesn't tell us what we have done. You understand what I'm saying? He's so glad to give it to us our Christian Christo. It is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? So, Politics might change. Our system of government might change. Our economy might change. I don't know whether the name of the Philippines will change. Our way of living might change. I don't know. But in the midst of that, we can still stay balanced and separate because we're standing on things that do not change. God Himself, the Word of God, what Christ has done for us, who we are in Christ Jesus. Our fellowship and access with the Father, the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit who lives within us, and our better covenant that is based on better covenant. Church, you need to understand, you have more going for you than those things that are against you. Okay? You need to understand that the reasons for believing are greater than the, than, than the reasons for doubting. God has given us so much. Amen? I'm here learn something tonight. It's all standard for God.